right, welcome to our uh, Cap Graphics Design Studio uh, business meeting that we're doing here at Experience the Branding 360 Effect. Today we are going to be talking about the ABCs of business. What we are going to do is tap into your expertise. And I have here in front of me, <clears throat> and when you guys speak, uh, speak up because I do have my little uh, recorder going right here. Um, I'm going to have you guys pick out of this little little tub thing here, and there's a letter on it. And you're gonna be like, what is this letter? Your experience in your field, a word is going to come up for you. And what I would like you to do is the first word that comes up, nothing foul, please. Um, <laughs> I want you to elaborate for maybe about a minute on something that has to do with that. So let's say if I pick T, I would think of taxes right now, right? And I would say why taxes are so important in your field or in what you are doing. Um, some people may have some other thoughts when they come into this. What we're gonna do is talk about this and how it relates to all of us because everyone in here has a different you know, thought process that they go through. And so I wanna pull out some of the experience that people have and talk about the ABCs of business and things. So I'm gonna go with Clark Kent here. All right, so what letter did you get? Okay, so what comes up when you think of letter? Plumbing! Failures, failures. Okay, explain failures. Go ahead and so, that uh, With failures, you know, you have to be able to overcome failures. That would be something that is important in any business, you know, in any, any type of job. Okay, so specifically in pest control, what would be a big fail? A big failure would be, say, lack of communication between um, the scheduler and the technician. Mm -hmm. um, so if I help someone out and get them scheduled for uh, pest control services or something like that, then the technician doesn't follow through or I didn't explain well enough to the technician what they needed to do, then that would be a failure of communication and failure of service. Okay, I'm gonna turn failure on its head. Did you know in order to succeed, you have to continue to fail forward? Have you guys ever heard of that? So a lot of times, um, I, I have young children that we homeschool, and I teach people and my children that if they fail, it's not a failure because they, if you learn something from it and move forward, you're going to continue to move forward, right? If you fail and you kick yourself and you keep looking backwards, that's a failure. So you can turn a failure into a positive by remembering that if you learn from it, you can move forward, right? So the other F word would be go forward, right? Um, who else in failure, like you teach students all the time, right? And you see them learning piano, right? So what would a failure be in your case in, in business? So you don't want to go backwards, you want to go forward, and before you know it, you're starting to develop something all on your own. Right. So that's not going to happen unless you're willing to take that chance and go forward. And you're going to fail some, and you go forward again. You fall, and you go forward. That's awesome. Thank you. Hey, Scott, go ahead and pick a letter <clears throat> out of there. All right. W. 
Okay, give me. Yeah, just uh, it's a W. <laughs> okay, well, go ahead, make it an M. <laughs> He's just on the fence today. <laughs> yeah, uh, w, uh, w. Win. Win's a good word. Okay, w. so in your Legal Shield business, out in marketing, whatever you're doing, win. what is a win a, a, for you? A win is when I connect with a client and we communicate and knowledge is transferred back and forth because that's the business I'm in is is helping people to make better decisions, helping people to utilize knowledge, helping people realize Google's not necessarily their friend, besides the fact that they're listening <coughs> to us now, so I probably shouldn't have said that. But, so that would be it, win. And, and win's gotta be a two-way street as well. Okay. So. David, what's a win for you? Uh, it's a series of goals completed. You know, we think of sports, hockey, or anything like that, uh, scoring goals or completing those goals, gets to victory, gets to a win. So with people and, and the things that they do, it is a series of steps or a series of goals. They can be big goals or small goals. But as we complete those goals, we get to a win. And we feel good about that. We should celebrate the victories that we have, even if they're small ones. And those are wins because what it does is it makes us feel like we've accomplished something and then we can move forward beyond that with the experience that we've had. So, so you just said something that kind of, uh, you talked about celebrating. So how many of you in here, when you do get a win, what do you do to celebrate that win? Because I know myself, I'll get something <clears throat> like that and I'm already past it and going, oh, I'm on to the next thing. So what I am be have been told by my partner and business partner and <clears throat> lovely husband here is that I need to take the time to stop and enjoy those wins when they do happen. I saw some hands go up. Did I? Yes. Yeah, so um, we, we don't do anything terribly elaborate on every win, but we have a, we just put up something, a simple bell in the office. And so everybody in their functional areas, whether it's as an engineer or technician, um, sales, whatever, um, there's criteria for ringing the bell. So whenever we, if we deliver a great experience, we get a compliment from a customer, that engineer rings the bell. Um, if we get it, if the inside team sets an appointment, they ring a bell. Um, if we get a sale, we ring the bell. So in, when the bell rings, you have to make sure everybody's off the phone and then everybody congregates to the bell and they tell the story of why they rung the bell. That's awesome. And so what does that do to the um, atmosphere in the office when you, your people get together and they share that and get acknowledgement that way. Yeah, it's well, it's a there's a morale piece to that, right? Um, you know, and we're in we're in the problem business, right? I deal in IT, so the phone, nobody calls and say, "Hey, everybody, everything's working today." You know, yeah, it's always troubleshooting. When the phone rings, oh, okay, here's another problem, right? So it's it's a, it's a nice breakup to the day, and it reminds everybody why we do what we do, right? And so especially on that experience side. So it's a nice, you know, hey, we got a victory. Let's keep going, you know, kind of thing. You know, it's funny. In our house, we have a little bell when we use it because we've got a three-story house and my children are all up in the alcoves of the three-story, you know, the third story. And so we'll ring the bell to let them know it's dinner time rather than yelling out there. We ring the bell. And it's so funny because the kids are like, yahoo! I mean, they run down to the food time. And so we use the bell that way. Yeah. 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 Ashish. I was going to say the best way to celebrate is to give back. You know, give back to the community. Give back to people that you collaborate with. Uh-huh. You know, that's... 
you cannot you can only celebrate by yourself so much but if you bring people into your celebration not only you succeed they succeed and your their success is my success that's awesome so what do you do when you have give an example give an example i would say you know take them out for dinner mm -hmm. or treat them to lunch or some kind of uh, food kind means of thing. means to or share over mean, and talk and, yep. mm -hmm. and see how did they benefit from my success mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how do I benefit from their success. Great. That's awesome. Okay, let's see. Who am I going to have do this next? I'm going to walk around here because we're full. Not you. How about uh, you? Go ahead. You plan that. Yep. Well, you got to pick a different one because that's right on the top. Go underneath oh, somewhere. It's okay. I can't look, Jared. Oh, I can't look? No, you're not supposed to look, but that's okay. <laughs> there we go. What do you got? P. P. Okay, P. Go ahead and pop it back in here. So what comes to mind? Performance. Performance. Perfect. So what does that mean for you? Well, it means that that's something we should all achieve. That should be our goal. Performance. And uh, there's ways to achieve that. And it's not as simple as it may sound. It takes a little bit of uh, investigation. Um, quite frankly, uh, I'm a mentor, but I have been mentored by many people in my career. Mm -hmm. And they help me with my performance. Uh, and I'm very grateful for that. I'm going through a very unique time in my life, thinking back on my career and performance, and also the performance of the people that I'm mentoring they can't pay me enough to give me the satisfaction of what they're achieving. And I'm not making this up. I've got some testimonials that are just, I, I, I'm, I'm just elated. And uh, You can say that, that he's passionate about over exceeding performance. Absolutely. That's I'm very passionate. And uh, uh, I don't want to uh, dominate the conversation, but I'm, I'm at a point in my life, most people can't guess my age, but I'm thinking, thank you, God, for what you've given me and the blessings that I have in my life. That's awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you, Jerry. Um, you talked about how the influence of the mentors in your life along your path have gotten you to where you are. And um, would you say that um, over the years and the different people that have led you along the path, that was really uh, one of the most important things that you went through, having them to do that for you, and then you now are one of those people. You hit, you hit it right on the money. Um, I had a salesman that uh, uh, played for Bear Bryant out of college, came out of college, he came. And I worked with him for a solid year, and I was ready to let him go, call my boss. And I said, this guy is never gonna get anywhere. Uh, he, all he did is talk about football, Yeah. okay? And my boss said, don't try to turn him into Jerry Gore. Let him do his thing. And I said, okay, I'll go along with that. Because uh, he said, if you want to let him go, I'll, I'll support you. But give him another three months. I'm not making this up, but he became one of the top salesmen in the company. And there was 175 salesmen. Wow. And he now has a franchise. He was offered the first franchise for the product line in Jacksonville, Florida. And we still keep in touch. And it was because you let him use his strength and what he knew to apply it to what he was Absolutely. doing, right? Absolutely. I mean, he was. There, there were calls that we'd make, and the guy would say, "Well, how's this thing work that you're proposing?" He says, "I don't know. Ask Jerry Door." That's know, awesome. He, he made people <laughs> laugh, and uh, and he did get better at explaining things and that type of thing. 
but I'm so proud of that, and I've got other stories about that. So, you know, one thing that I think of when I think of P after performance is, in order to have performance actually happen, you have to have processes. How many of you in here actually have processes that you go through in your business every day? And raise your hand really high so I can see you. Okay, great. I have found that for our design studio that we have like a 12-step process that we go through. And if we miss any one of those processes, that's typically when we won't connect with the person, build the relationship that we need to and move forward in what we're doing for people. Our performance is affected by not having processes. So if you don't have processes in place, you really should look at where your successes have been and put those into place. Um, I am going to have Connie now pick up here. Don't look. I want a good line. Yeah, go underneath. <coughs> oh, yeah. Jay? <laughs> You could do it. Just do it. Just do it. Thank you. That's a good one. Okay, so what does just do it mean for people in the financial world, bookkeeping world that you're in? Just do it. What does that mean to you? I don't know. Well, um, for me, just do it means... Well, I'm going to tell you what my favorite thing is about bookkeeping and financial coaching. And that's when I can help people find ways to save money. So just dig and look and, and don't just take things that surface. You get in the habit of just paying the same things over and over and over. Um, so really look at how you're spending your money. And that's personal and business. And um, say, do I really need to be doing this? Um, is this something that's really important to me? Is it just habit? So just dig into your numbers. <laughs> I like that too. And just, just do it. Just dig it in. Out. Yeah. <laughs> that's stretching. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me in my business, just do it means just pick up that phone and call. Like, don't get in my head. Oh, it's not going to work. That's not going to happen. Pick up the phone, call, make the connection every single time out of the head and just do it. That's really smart. <laughs> David, I'm going to point this guy out because he has, he has been on a lifelong journey that journey. I am, yes, a very, very proud of his journey. Um, one of the things that he did for himself back probably about 12 years ago or so, he joined Toastmasters. He decided that he was going to take things that he wasn't so good at and he was going to turn it into a strength. That he became somebody that was comfortable to speak in front of people, and he has been taking classes with this gentleman named Kenrick Cleveland and has gotten mentoring, which we know is very important. And he has been on the phone calling and talking to people and just building relationships where maybe in the past he wouldn't have just done it, right? Sure, because I think there's influences in our lives in the past of our peers when we're in school or other things that hinder us from growing because as we all know when we're in high school or in college there's always these people who want to put others down and if we have a belief system that that we're kind of shy people put us down and then we never get to reach our potential and I think until we get a little bit later in life perhaps we have an awakening saying now wait a minute I can do this I have every opportunity to be a great success there's nothing holding anybody here from reaching their great potential. It's just a matter of just doing it on your journey and stepping out and learning something new. 
and walk in the path of others, just like Jerry was talking about. I read the stories of uh, Mr. Marriott back in the 1920s when they built a little restaurant outside of the Washington National Airport called Hot Chops Cafeteria. And at Hot Shops, all the pilots would stop by and get their bag lunches on the way to the airport to fly the planes. And that's where in-flight service started from Marriott, okay? And they turned it into a giant empire. A pharmacist handed a, 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 another guy, a soda jerk, a, a recipe for a product that turned into Coca-Cola and employed millions of people. We all have ideas. Find the mentors or those people that can help you on that path. Get your appointment with Jerry. Talk to him. He can talk to you and find out within 20 minutes, like you said, what those things are that you have, and possibly he could be that mentor for you, or someone I know could be that mentor for you, and to help you on your journey and change that path from going off where the scarecrow went to going to Oz, conquering those fears, <laughs> and making it happen. There you go. <laughs> Follow the yellow brick road. I've been talking to people about uh, start thinking of yourself as a celebrity. Yep. Okay. And then one of my clients brought this book to me. If you're not a, you're celebrity, not a celebrity, you're a commodity. You're a commodity. Mm -hmm. Okay. When you sit down with somebody, why don't you try an experiment? Instead of talking about your business, talk about you. Talk about where you're coming from. What you are interested in. Just try it and see what kind of positive reaction you get from that. And, and most people, they immediately got to tell you about, you're going to save money, you're gonna, you got to do the, you know, and everybody's saying the same thing. You got to present yourself as a personality that is somebody they want to spend time with. And I will say there's um, a group out there that I'm associated with that uh, leverages that celebrity. And so they will actually utilize you <coughs> turning yourself into a celebrity that you can actually become a very well known on national media, radio, TV, etc. And they call it leveraging your celebrity. It's, it's, it's one of the secrets. And, and just, just to flip that over, yeah, yeah. you don't want to be a commodity because you get used. The, you become okay. a slave to the wage. And that's the worst thing that could happen. Okay, Raja, so you got the letter V. V. Ways for victory. Victory. Victory in your business means what? Victory in a business is getting an order, executing it. That's what it is. And we get up in the morning, that's a victory. We are awake. We are alive. Every day is a victory. Every moment that you live is a victory. Every moment you live is a victory. Anybody who knows me knows I'm very big about that. Um, we had a, a speaker that came in. He's a personal friend of mine. And a lot of you have seen Steve Mazon. He um, was uh, given a diagnosis that he had uh, cancer, and this was like uh, 12 or 13 years ago, probably, and he was told, mm, worst case scenario, you might not be alive in five years, and his method and, and message as a comedian, he was already a working comedian, he basically said he found out he was dying and he decided to live. He said, the problem is you don't know you're dying yet. So when you say victory and the fact that you're alive uh, to breathe another day and to make an impression and move forward and have those little <coughs> victories and just do it and dig in, those are the reasons that we do what we do. Yeah, that's one of those things. We don't realize this, but we take the every moment that we have alive for granted. I lost my wife unexpectedly, and that's what made me realize 
that, hey, I'm alive. How long ago was that? It's about nine months now. Oh, wow. Oh, sorry. Well, congratulations for you being out and getting around yeah, people. That's when I'm out, going out to see. I'm trying to reinvent myself, looking at life at a very different perspective. Give me your hand for a sec. You are reinventing yourself. You're not trying. You are. Okay? Um, D. Would you please pick a letter? And did you have something to say? I saw your hand. Well, I was just going to add to what he was saying. Um, I just wanted to add to something that he had touched on just now because I, I heard something a little while back that really changed my thinking process. And we all set these higher expectations on ourselves and on our client delivery and our, our processes and our wins, and they all just kind of get trampled over. As soon as we, we reach a win, as soon as we reach a goal, we just keep going and we don't give ourselves that mental clarity. You know, thank yourself, be good to yourself and, and appreciate the fact that today is a victory and just acknowledge that because at one point you were looking forward to this. Mm -hmm. And so don't forget that. This is, you know, every time that you, that you meet a goal, Acknowledge it. You looked forward to it at some point. Mm -hmm. If you were to write down every victory you had, I bet you could fill up an entire wall or two. Yeah. Um, and most people, because we're goal-oriented, will blow by those things. And so there are some ways that you can do that to acknowledge it and also look back. And when you're feeling low sometimes, because, you know, we all have our valleys, you can look back and go, but I've had all these wins. And that's what usually pulls us out. Yeah. I, I, I keep several journals, as I've mentioned many times, and one of my journals is simply titled Things I've Done. Wow. And many times the day I write down the thing that I've done, it's very inconsequential. But to look at that a month, a year, three years, five years later, there are a whole bunch. You know, they, they, they're significant. It's not little things, but they're significant and to look back at. Scott went through, it was a couple years ago, right? You had a heart attack or yeah. something like that? So he knows, of all people, what a blessing it is to actually be here and doing what he's doing. So a lot of us have issues and challenges that people don't see and that we just keep striving forward. And I appreciate that thought. You, what do you think about in your industry that you would be able to explain? Well, I think not just my industry, uh -huh. but um, first of all, I think upbeat. Upbeat. I try to always be upbeat, and then sometimes I'm not, but I search for that. Um, and understand, understanding, when I sit down with someone, I under, want to understand what they do. Like, um, for me, it's like this, but I think it is for everybody, maybe in a different way. There's so many aspects to my, what I have to offer. And so I could just drone on for hours telling you about it. But when I understand your business and what matters to you, then I can touch on the things that would be most valuable. You know, because what serves you the best might not serve you mm -hmm. in the same way. I so. call that active listening. So. Um, part of the process that we have in place to understand people is to listen to the words that they're saying about their own business. 
sometimes they struggle, which is self-imposed, right? They struggle in a certain area, and they actually will say that when we start looking at their picture. And they will tell us what's wrong with their picture, but they don't, they're too close to it to identify it. So many times we do the active listening and that understanding and then come back and we go through what we know as experts to help them and all of a sudden it's like, wow, how did you get that? Well, I got it from you. You told me what the problem was. Right. We don't often hear ourselves. And I just want to add to it in that, you know, we're all here, we're networking, we all want to increase our business and our standing and so when I understand what you're looking for maybe I am not the venue for you to do it but you know I know somebody else is and we just you know keep the circle going look many times there are ripple effects that happen because we are in business um, D was uh, extraordinary when we got kicked out of that other place, I won't mention their name, because I guess they didn't want our money. Um, um, I said, hey, I know that with a group that is doing very well, and we've had consistently growing numbers in this group. Sometimes we'll have 45 people, sometimes we'll have 25, but you know, I, my max capacity I wanted was 30, so when we go up and above it, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Um, but my point was that when we do this kind of stuff, we have to make sure that the people that we know around us are active listening. She actively listened, and I know that a group, if you move it from the location, you have to start over. And I didn't want to leave this area because we had so much good synergy going, and she knew that these people literally had just opened up. They'd only been around for a week, and Latata's Mexican restaurant right here graciously allowed us to be in this upper room. So we didn't have to be fighting with all of the people over at this other place where we had to you know, move the tables around and their management got upset. They wanted us here. And every time I tell them we're coming, they're like, oh, we're so happy you're coming. I mean, it was huge. And she's the one who was the connection for that. So you don't know where these ripple effects are gonna come from. Yes? And you're a realtor. I'm a realtor. Mm -hmm. And I have to question. The, the understanding for me comes through my questioning. Because like you said, many times people don't know. Unless you present them or ask them certain <coughs> things, it doesn't get them thinking. And if you don't, if in my business, if I don't start acting on what and meeting their needs, they're going, you're not listening and going somewhere else. So it's so... You know, it's interesting. I've had some realtor uh, friends of mine, business associates, and they give and give and give and give of themselves, and then the people go with somebody else. And they're like, I don't understand why that's happening. And I can tell you, yes, I can tell you right now, if you don't create reward, anticipation, and uncertainty for them, those three things, if you miss that boat, you're going to lose them as people. If you give them all the question or the answers to their questions, they'll just go, okay, well, this person's gonna give it to me for less, and now they don't have a reason to do the work with you. Reward, anticipation, and uncertainty. Patrick. Yes, dear. Pick in here. Don't look. Let's see what you get. The magical letter, right? Yeah, try and go underneath if you can. There you go. What is it? Is that, is that acceptable? Turn around. Yes. Well, it's a P. You already did a no, P or no. a T. Which one do you want to do? T? Which one? We did do P tea. already, so do, do T. Do T. Uh, let's see, T. 
So in my world, T would stand for thoroughness. Ah, um, good. You know, obviously I help people with one of the most important things in their life, which is their money. Um, and so in order for me to successful to be successful, I have to be thorough with regard to the amount of work I do to investigate and research potential options for them because that's really what I do is I present options to people to get them where they want to go. Um, it's really more about them and, and what their likes and dislikes are and everything I build is very custom so everything I have to do has to be a thorough amount of work to make certain that I present them the right selection of options so, so that we can talk about what's the best choice for them. You know, when I think of thoroughness, um, I, we build a lot of websites for people. And I get used to, in the micro and small business realm, of, of thinking that people, they know that they want a website, they want credibility, they want to be seen, and sometimes I get ahead of them rather than doing the active listening, the thoroughness that I do, I have to be better at. I found with a client recently that um, I wasn't thorough enough. They said they wanted an e-commerce cart. And I said, oh, no problem, because I saw what they originally had, and they showed me what they were originally doing, and I'm like, okay, this looks like it's something that I can do, no problem. So I priced it at a certain level. What I didn't realize was that I wasn't thorough enough. I should have asked them more into what product they were going to be using and what have you because a two-product line piece turned into thousands, thousands of variations, which I didn't price for. And I lost money on this project because I wasn't thorough enough. And you have to make sure that you do your due diligence even when. Because you know when you have something, just like in IT, right? If you don't do that thoroughness, it can cost you time, money, a relationship. And in order to keep the relationship, I've essentially done the work and went, okay, well, I learned from that. I'm not going to do that again. If they say they've got two products, well, if you're a hair salon um, and you do extensions and what have you, oh, my goodness. They've got 12 different variations, all these different colors. And all this stuff, even though they say they only do wigs and extensions. <laughs> so there are things that you have to do in order to be thorough. Mm -hmm. So um, in my instance, that means where it was actually, yeah. oops, you sh I should have been more thorough. Um, let me see how much time. Okay, let's do one more. Have you done one yet? Okay. Dig underneath, see what you can find. A. A. <laughs> Very good. How did you do that, Scott? <laughs> Trying to make a word out of all the first letters. Oh, you're so funny. Okay, give me an A, Catherine. A. Um, accentuate. Ooh. I think every person, no matter what industry you're in, needs to accentuate and promote what you can offer. What are your skills? What What do you bring to the table that's different from the next person? So, just really access and dig in like Ellen said or mm -hmm. no yes uh, Connie. Connie Connie like Connie said dig in deep access what you can do what you can bring to the table and accentuate and give back how many of you know that in branding if you want to accentuate the benefits of what you're working in that it is very important in your branding to be able to do that um, another word that I think of and this is going to be weird. I'm going to go into your realm. 
Has anybody heard of ADA compliance? Hey. ADA compliance. It's American Disabilities Act. Okay. ADA. Did you know that it is a federal law that your website be ADA compliant? Facebook and LinkedIn aren't even ADA compliant. You know why I know about this? Because I have a client who is in a family restaurant group. They do accommodations for people, and on their website, they have a family chain of restaurants outside of them that just got sued by a cash-grabbing legal group that they're just going to these people because they know it's free and easy money. Small and micro businesses don't realize this. We are now having to learn about ADA compliance and how to design our websites so that they're even 30% like working towards ADA compliance and none of you know, knew what that was. Yeah, one. <laughs> one out of 25 people. It's scary. Um, it's, it, I have heard about it on, in California, down in Florida. It's happening to people. And in order to get compliant, I actually have a connection that we can turn. And I'm having to look at my, all of my websites because my websites are ADA compliant. So I am having to actually look at how I can safeguard myself and my clients and get them like policy policies that are on their site, badges, and attempt to fix the stuff. Ashish. You had mentioned Facebook and LinkedIn and stuff, mm -hmm. but a lot of people, they're using Facebook media itself to create their own business page. So how would you go by making it ADA compliant when the platform that you're using is technically somebody else's? Facebook would, Facebook would be the one that would get sued over this, and okay. they are. They're settling, and then they're working on making this um, work. Some famous companies, have they just settle with them, and then they get to going. Um, the people that I've associated myself with, another A word, um, they essentially, people don't usually come to them unless they're sued. But I am in the industry of educating, designing a difference for people, that's my tagline, and I am letting some of my more um, visible clients, ones that are national in nature, um, know about this. I actually approached um, an insurance company we were talking to uh, perspective-wise um, for them, and they work nationwide, they provide insurance, they do all this stuff, and I said, do you realize that ADA compliance is gonna be a huge thing for you? Because you're in the insurance industry, you've got people who are probably blind, who probably have issues with hearing, with other things, and your site needs to be able to be read by screen readers, it needs to be able to be gotten through, you know, little tabs and, you know, the keystrokes, and most sites aren't able to do it. And they said, well, what does that have to do with me? I said, it's not about you, it's about the people using your site. So ADA compliance, it's an A thing that I, I am um, adamant to learn about. Accentuate it, right? <laughs> so anyways, um, I just hope this helps you guys because you see how much expertise everybody has. And just by a simple letter thing, I think you had the hardest one with the J, uh, bookkeeping. Um, but we didn't put Z and we didn't put X in there because we didn't want, you know, we're like, oh, what is somebody gonna do for those letters? Um, but tell me, what is maybe one thing that you have learned just through this experience right here? I'd say action. Mm -hmm. Because without an action, you can't achieve anything. Okay, so you, from this ABC activity, you learned about action. Anybody else? Somebody learned something from this? Yeah, Dave. Sure, failure. failure. 
just a, a preconceived outcome not happening. And so it doesn't really mean failure doesn't mean anything. Because if you fail, it means you thought it was going to go another way, but it didn't. Okay? Well, don't think it's going to go another way. Just go the way you want it to go, and then deal with the results that you get, and then just move on. So. For, for me with this group, um, my goal is not to get a bunch of robots to stand up and say, this is what I do, this is who I am, sit down. I want you guys to engage with people because when you engage, things surprising happen. Collaborations happen, cooperation happens. You know, Patrick has told me, I don't know how many times, this is his favorite group that he comes to and that blesses my heart. I don't think you say that lightly. Um, there is a reason I do it this way, and you can go to a lot of other places to talk and discuss. We do, you know, stuff at the end where you guys can talk and connect. I say make coffee appointments, get yourselves Zoom calls afterwards, do what you need to do to connect. But I hope that this settles in and gives you a nugget of something, okay? So if you wouldn't mind, give yourselves a hand, and thank you so much for being here this week.